Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Now, we launched a global... Well, we didn't. We had somebody in who's launching a global mm. football campaign. I know. I was we very excited live on about our show. it. Yeah. It was a great honour. I think it's got merit. Yeah. And, um, we, won't, we won't tell you who it is, but you'll, you'll find out in a minute. <laughs> Soon here. Uh, we, had a, we had a chat about the heat. <laughs> yeah, like most people <laughs> like are at most the moment. People, that's right. Not at all boring or anything. No, no. Uh, Jacob Hawley came in, new comedian, loves yeah. his football. He was on Good Four. He was, yeah, yeah. Uh, Burnley are playing tonight, and uh, that we discovered, as you'll hear, that their chairman is a man called Mike Garlic. Yeah. We th- who, who knew? Who knew? I didn't know it was Mike Garlic. So we, we embraced that. Yeah, we did. That. And, uh, a lovely story. Eddie Stokoe. Oh, yeah. Eddie Lost Stoker. his ring 52 years ago playing cricket. <laughs> Why does that sound disgusting for some reason? But never mind. <laughs> well, not to me, it doesn't. It's your filthy mind. <laughs> okay. 52 years ago, whilst playing cricket, and guess what? He found it. Uh, and you'll find That's out. It. You'll find you, out. You don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, there's a good story. There's a good story. It. And here it is. Yeah. Now, it is, uh, I'm going to say something very obvious here. Of course, it's very, very hot. We all know that. We're suffering. Breaking we? news. Not breaking news at all. But the Indian cricket team have been complaining about the heat, which you think, you know, because obviously India's a pretty hot place. And yeah, it is. It is very well, yeah, more breaking news. But, mind you, I mean, people sort of a little critical about it, but they were asked to stay in a hotel with no air conditioning. So it doesn't matter how hot it is or how much you're used to it. No. That's not easy, <clears> is it? He's <clears> just uh, a bit of gamesmanship by the ECB, <clears throat> put him in a cheap hotel or something. I don't know. It's a bit odd. They're playing Essex in a sort of warm-up game. They're, they, not tra- they're not in that travel lodge in Romford. No. The West End. They're all staying They've there. They've moved it's to like- the Crown Plaza. Praza, the Crown Plaza <clears throat> Five Lakes yeah. near Colchester, which uh, can offer even in a heat wave a great night's sleep. Oh, good. Uh, but the Indians also wanted Alastair Cook and Jamie Porter, who's just been picked by England, to play in the match. Mm. But the request was turned down by the ECB, who preferred You suddenly, for some reason, there, you went Alastair. I know, I did. I Why just, did you say Alistair? I have no idea. Did I, was <laughs> I was watching Eamon and Ruth last night on the, how the I other did, half I didn't hear Irish. I had a little bit of yokel accent, like <laughs> central casting yokel accent. <laughs> well, no Maybe idea. because Alistair's a farmer in his spare time. I don't it's know. the heat. And a leading, it's the heat. A leading surgeon. Because even when you're in air conditioning, you still sort of have a kind of residue. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. Well, it's a 
just no we life did a about. massive yawn 10 seconds before you came on so it didn't know. bode well really no, it didn't really a leading surgeon has advised <laughs> to keep you up <laughs> drinking six pints of water a day mm. It's who can drink six. It's ridiculous. You can't drink six pints of water a day. Well, Don't venture can. anywhere further from a toilet than two hundred yards. No, I had a big bottle. No, I got on the tube mm. this morning. Oh yeah, and I bought an extra large bottle because I thought, mm. knowing the way the transport is, there's going to be problems, which there were. Yeah, and and I polished off the whole lot. And uh, by the time I got here, I was desperate. I mean, the thing you know, is, Andy, you, you're dehydrating so much. Yeah. I won't, without going into too much detail, yeah, but not yesterday, six pints. I drunk quite a lot of water yesterday. But I did not partake of the facilities for some time yeah. uh, during the show. Well, that yeah. meant you left it too long before you drank. Do you think so? Yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think you're just dehydrating so much. But uh, yeah. I mean, you've always had a bit of a problem like that. You can't really, you, in a, on a normal day, you can't be more than about 30 <laughs> foot from a toilet. That's Let's not be honest. True. So. I'm much better than I used to be. And the Daily Star reporter <clears throat> uh, fried an egg on the pavement, which is the old oh, staple. That's an old chestnut. Old chestnut, yeah. I cooked a whole roast dinner on the road outside my house. It's, it's a much, really? much better way of doing so, it. So, Nate, just kind of barbecue in the street <laughs> could be a new thing, couldn't could it? Could be a new the thing. The five second rule, we've got to get off the ground. Within five seconds. Sir Chips Pomfritz <laughs> Keswick has said that Ivan mm. Gazidis is staying. Cut to him arriving at Milan Airport in September. Mm. Do you think there'll be people there to meet him? You think the Milan fans will turn out? Uh, no. What are you doing this evening? Should we go for a lovely meal? I'm sorry, I can't because I'm meeting um, Ivan Gazidis at Milan Airport to cheer him yeah. in. I wasn't going to meet Malcolm, but, but he was going to play for somebody else. He was going to play for somebody else. Fabregas, yes, Fabregas, he got married. Mm. He got special dispensation. So uh, was he called Jacob Jacobs? Yes. Was he really? Yeah. A lot of the listeners are wondering that. That's exactly what he Jacob was Jacobs says, Michael. That's exactly Jacob what he was Jacob Jacob says, Gabriel Alex. Jacobs, that's what his name was. Jacob yeah. Jacobs says, Thomas. And I know. Just for good measure, Dan says, Jacob Jacobs. <laughs> all I say to you all is John Johnson. Yeah, you I suppose know. so. I mean, that's slightly different because that's singular. Ed You've gone singular plural <laughs> is what Glenn would call a singular plural situation. Jacob, 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 Malcolm. You have to take it up with my late, late grandmother who was 101 when she what died. What was her that name? Was, uh, Francie. Francie Francis. Francis. Was she Francie Francis? <laughs> yeah, I'd say she was really. Mm. These and were the splitters, weren't they? No, no, these were the these were the Jacobs. Oh, these were the Jacobs. Yes, oh, okay, fair the, enough. The paternal side. Oh. Anyway, he got married, says Fabregas. He got special permission to get married by oh, yeah. the, the new manager, and uh, I think quite a lot of the players went, which is nice. But he married a woman 12 years older than him. We were talking about this yesterday. It's all the rage, mm. isn't it? Is it? Well, I think mm. it is. We've got well, Adil Rami marrying, uh, what's her Pamela name? Anderson. Pamela Anderson. What's her name, yeah. yeah. Off Baywatch. Macron. Yeah, and his missus. 25. That's a big gap, 25. And now, this is only a 12-year gap. It's a 12-year gap. Okay, it's all the rage. It's all the rage. Okay. Yeah. Are you thinking of trading in and going for an 85-year-old <laughs> bride? <laughs> I don't think so. Can okay. You imagine? Seems a very bad idea. Mm. Uh, we're going to do, uh, oh yeah, Pavard. Pavard. His goal was voted best of the World Cup. It's difficult to argue with that, isn't it? No, I think well, it is difficult. Although I do think the second <clears throat> and third were a very odd choice. Yeah. Uh, where were they? I've lost them now. Was it Harry Kane's against Tunisia, the last one off <laughs> his heel? probably was. Was that in there? Uh, oh, that's typical. Isn't it? I talk about it and I can't find it. That's brilliant. Oh, well, I'll find well, I can't it remember off the top of my head. I think it should have been Di Maria and Jesse Lingard, but it wasn't anything like that. But it's always just a matter of opinion. It is. Oh, here it is. Juan Quintero's sneaky free kick in Colombia's 2-1 group defeat of Japan. I, yeah. don't, I don't even remember that. 
that might have been one of those games where me and John decided we'd had enough. Yeah, you decided you didn't like football Col- anymore. Columbia, but, uh, Luke Modric, Luke, Luka Modric, <laughs> shut up. Luka Modric is long range hot. It's the Luka heat, Modric, isn't it? <laughs> Luka Modric is long ranger, mm. yeah. the lone ranger, mm. in Croatia's 3-0 win over the Argentinian team, uh, came third. You used to have an app, um, David Collins and, and Jeremy Balcom have both uh, reminded me, you used to have an app that told mm. you when to drink water. Right. And it used to go off and there'd be, this, there'd be this kind of gurgling sound, like the sound of a glass of water being yeah, poured. Yeah, because it was, this app was telling you when you'd not yeah. drunk enough water. That's true. It was, uh, God, it was very early days of mobile phones, really, on apps. Uh, re- it, was, it was only about three years. One of the early <laughs> days of mobile phones. It had to be a long time ago. Well, it might have been six years, but mobile phones had existed for some time. Um, Andy not says, apps. Andy says, or no, sorry, you. Cyril, uh, apps. Go on. Uh, Oh, Rev, it is hot. Rev in Reading says, I'm a gardener, and yesterday I had eight pints of water before I used the facilities. Really? Eight pints. He's eight out pints. in the open. Well, he's out in the he's sun working. Out, well, that's he? different. But, I mean, the average person to drink six pints of water, I'd say that take a bit of doing. You think? It's quite a lot of water. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go, should we go and get me six pints now, and I'll just work my way through them. I'll spend all... Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're about to have one of those moments where you'll think... Do you know what? I remember where I was exactly when <laughs> yes. when that all started. It's just a bit like when we, we lost Elvis and other memorable moments <laughs> in history. You'll think, where, where was I? Oh, that's right. I was listening to Augsburg and Jacobs the that's day it. Mike Parry launched the Raise the Bar campaign and changed yeah. football forever. Well, um, I hope I will. I well, hope I will. Well. I'm sorry, fellas. But, um, you know, I've been working on this for a couple of years now, and I've been trying mm. to work out whether it was uh, valid. It is valid. Uh, if you think there would be 16 extra square feet of space to mm. shoot at, right, by my proposal. So this mm. is, we should, let's go back to basics, right? Certainly. This is what, raise the bar is all about just that. You've, you've right. written, I've got a letter in front of me, you've written to Gordon Taylor, the yep. PFA. Uh, Andy has I one there, Mike Riley. Mike Riley, yep. Mike Riley, the head of the referees. You've written to FIFA as well, I You've believe. written to FIFA. FIFA, UEFA, the yeah. Referees Association, uh, Mr Bevan, who's in charge of the league managers, the PFA, as you know. Mm. And I think it should be spread around football and all its uh, all its bodies. You feel that as people have got physically bigger over the years, um, the goals haven't, and the goalkeepers fill the net. Yeah, and I, it's I, not I, a fair I, fight anymore. I, de- I definitely do. In 1863, a man's average height was five foot five inches. Right now, the the rule book was drawn up in a pub in Fleet Street, pub mm. cafe in Fleet Street, and it has never been changed since. It has never been changed since in terms of. Um, compensating for the enormous growth in the size of a human being. Mm. If you go on HMS Victory, which is the ship, of course, at Nelson's flagship at the the huge Battle of Trafalgar, the average size of a man then was about five foot two. And you can tell that by the size of the doors Mm. on the ship. So I'm only using that as an example because man's got bigger and bigger and bigger as our health has got better, as nutrition uh, nutrition and everything Mm. else, thank you, has, has improved. A man's got bigger. Now, I can't understand now how you can say that there wasn't a single goalkeeper over the size of five foot seven up to nineteen hundred, and now Fraser Forster is six foot seven, can reach up, hold on to the bar, pull himself, and pull himself down. Mm. Surely, when Dixie Dean scored his sixty goals in nineteen twenty-eight, that was because there was an awful lot more space for him to aim at, because the goalkeepers were smaller, the defenders were mm. smaller, and in fact. The game was a much, 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 much more attractive thing to watch in those days. How many times do we all despair at the 1-0s, the 1-1s and all that? And the reason is there's not enough space 
to shoot at anymore mm. because man is bigger and the goals, by comparison, are smaller. Trouble is, Mike, we're coming off the back of a World Cup where there was lots and lots of goals. Yes, so there does were. that not destroy your thesis? No, slightly, no, no, it doesn't destroy my <clears throat> thesis in any way. Mm. If you say there were lots of goals at this one, there should have been double that number of goals, OK? Right. And at previous World Cups, and we even know the last World Cup farms de- decided on one goal when Germany became world champions mm-hmm. in extra time, we want to see a free-flowing game. It's not just the fact that there should be more goals, but the skill factor would be massively improved. How many times have we seen a player try and go up and under if you know what I mean and it's hit the bar and come back right well what you do now is what you do now is you've got six inches higher on the bar three Mm. inches wider and you put the player further back from the wall do you see what I mean making the whole thing more attractive now if people don't um, take notice of what I'm saying and this is all very scientifically proven I'm not plucking this out of fresh air I've been reading journals for the last two or three years, a journal written by Oxford scholars who says that man is Mm. going to grow even faster over the next century than he has in the last century soon the average man will be six foot one inches tall, you know yes, 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 no, the average man average man will be six foot one, the average man's five foot ten now, not good for me and you sorry, not good for me and you, no, no, not good for me and you except that, you know, it's (laughs) too late for you to You know, the Journal of Oxford Economic Papers, you know, published something recently which which has absolutely confirmed and verified what I said. Five foot inch, five foot five in 63, five foot ten now could be six foot two uh, before the end of this century. Mm. We've got to do something about it. Now, if we don't do something about it, sorry, I know I'm going on here, then we'll (laughs) then we'll have to build bigger stadia because men are Mm. too big or you'll have to reduce the number of players in a football team to ten. Yeah, a lot of people think this, but I just want to make a point that illustrates your point quite well, actually, because I remember as I was growing up, two keepers I remember really well. Alan, I looked them up yesterday, Alan Hodgkinson and Eddie Hopkinson. Yes. Uh, Alan played for Sheffield United, Eddie played for Bolton. Mm. One was five foot seven, the other was five foot eight. Right. Well done. Right. I'll tell you something, in nineteen seventy when Everton won the league title, Alan Ball got suspended in December for a bust up on the pitch for four weeks. He came back in the last game before Christmas and wore his famous white boots, Mm -hmm. if you remember. We were playing against Derby, who had been league champions under Brian Clough. Les Green was their goalkeeper. He was five foot eight inches tall. Hmm. The shortest goalkeeper who's ever played in the highest division since the Second World War. But just to reinforce Andy's point, he yeah. was five foot eight. Now, the idea of a five foot eight inch goalkeeper these days is never have it. You wouldn't. Yeah. No, I mean, you, I mean, even if a goalkeeper is six foot now, they say, well, like Pickford, the yeah, knock against six Pickford. Six foot one. Yeah, we're saying, oh, he's a bit small. Sounds isn't like it? you're on side, Andy, with the I, I, well, agree, no, I do agree with Mike yeah. about right. this. Well, I, well, well, may I put this other point to you, yeah. Paul, as you're a bit of a doubter? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, OK, that's fair enough. <laughs> and and, and that's, what you, that's, that's what we do our jobs for. <laughs> other sports have had to cope with the increased size of a man and the increased power of a man. And, of course, mm. I'm talking about golf. Yeah. Now, golf has had to restructure its golf courses because when Tiger Woods came along, started belting a ball 400 yards, they then had to reshape golf courses. Right. We are going to have to either reshape football grounds or reshape the pitch itself by uh, making the holes bigger and wider or reduce the number of people in a football so, team to 10 or 9. So we make the goals bigger. Do we need to make the pitch bigger as well, Mike? You might have to make the pitch bigger <clears> eventually if <throat> you don't reduce the number of players in the team because a man okay. now can sprint at speeds that were unheard of 18, in 1863. The equipment they wear, of course. I mean, I don't know if you've worn mm. a pair of yeah. football boots recently. Mm. I only did because Theo Walcott very kindly gave me a pair for charity. <laughs> I thought I'd try them on before I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I gave them away, although I didn't tell the people I gave them away to that. But I mean, it's... It, 
it is like wearing a plastic bag on your foot. Mm. Whereas, of course, when I first started playing football as a kid, I Clogs, literally, I, weren't they? No, no, I literally had a metal cap. I yeah, think, hobnail yeah. boots. Yeah, weren't they, really? yeah. sure they were football boots. Yeah, no, now, I, we've got a couple of questions. Can we get some questions from the listeners, Andy? Okay. Paul says, Mr. Parry, where will all the money come from to replace every goal in the world? Shall we have? Will we have to sell Wembley? No, of course not. If you don't think that a Premier League club can't afford mm. to invest in a set of, or two or three sets of goalposts to to improve the you know the future of the game, then we're in a very sorry state, aren't we? Um, yeah, it has to be the same. I mean, the old cliche of being the same on Hackney Marsh. It has it, to be as Wembley. So you would have to every goal yes. would have to be the same. Yes, no, look, yes I, it would. Yeah. I, 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 Wilco says this, and I, I pass. And these are Wilco's words, my, my, okay. not mine. Yeah. Tell the Plankmeister that the ball is lighter <laughs> and moves faster and deviates in the air now. Yes. Goals are plenty big enough. No, no they're, they're, no, they're not plenty big enough because I accept what he says, but can mm. I put this to you? Mm. If you want to come in from the midfield and advance towards the goal, it's not the size of the goal behind the defenders, it's the size of, of the defenders in front of the goal. So it doesn't matter that the ball's lighter and that you can, you can you know, turn it and bend it and curve it. Mm. it it's about the amount of space you, you are aiming for to get around those defenders to put it in the goal because because, you know, again, defenders in, in, uh, in 1863 mm. were midgets compared to defenders today. Look, look, look what every... Uh, look at Sam Allardyce's view on, on a, on a, a defence. He wouldn't have mm. one defender under six foot. Well, they were all five foot five in 1863. Yeah. So either chipped it over their head or put it past them. But, mm. but no, honestly, what I'm saying is I am absolutely delighted. And I do want to thank you enormously mm. for being the first person I've come across to <clears> give <throat> it serious thought mm. rather than reject it out of hand. I suppose to one uh, national newspaper sports editor this morning who was chuckling down the phone until I pointed out, have you got a better idea? Yeah. And of course, that is always the question. That's in, when he in put our the business. phone down. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put the phone down then, yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Would you have known? I've told you now, Andy, but the chairman of Burnley, mm. I wouldn't have known, was Mike Garlic. I certainly wouldn't have done Did you know it was Mike Garlick? Never knew it was Mike Garlick. There's certain chairmen that raise their head above the parapet. Yeah. They're very high profile. We all know they are. Yeah, sure. And there's other chairmen like Mike Garlick, who's very much below the line. <laughs> very much behind the scenes. 
So, um, there's I two like th- the sound of it. You like the sound of Mike Garlick. Mm. You think he's got a career potentially in TV, don't well, you? Well, I do feel mm. that he has got some TV formats in him. Okay, uh, what would you? What shows well, would you give to Mike? I like I like that one where he because he's got at, time on uh, his hands. Obviously, well, he looks at Fleet Street and uh, and surrounding media in Garlic Press. Garlic Press. That was me. That was his kind of chats with Marcelo Bielsa, <laughs> the Leeds manager. <laughs> yeah, there's that one too. The, yeah. the, the Godfather of the press. Um, we mm. had. Um, we had clove of garlic, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know what that one is. Uh, we haven't really worked that out, have we? <laughs> garlic dressing, I quite like. That was his. Uh, Mike takes a look at uh, men's clothing throughout the years, yeah. and uh, I like this one. Mike's series about respiratory ailments in garlic breath. Garlic, <laughs> okay. Oh, garlic breath and garlic bread, which was his kind of who do you think you are derivative, wasn't it? The producer has an idea for what was clove of garlic in your eyes then. Uh, uh, not a clue. Okay, maybe, maybe we can. He just suggested the title. Yeah, that's right. I see a future for him in TV. Really. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then you just leave it to everybody else. That's right. Yeah. So okay, if you've got mm. some other formats for Mike Garlic, but there are certain chairmen, like certain clubs, mm. you wouldn't know their chairman. Let me just give you an example there. Andy, who is the Macclesfield chairman? I'm going to give you. You don't know, do you? I knew the Macclesfield boss would. Dave Moss. Well, he's not. There. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so Macclesfield chairman. Eric Blenkinthop. <laughs> Who? Eric Blenkinthop. You're okay. No, no. You've got a lisp. You've done. You've done West Bre- Country. Blenkinthop is what I meant. To no, say. I mean that's 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 not right. No. Okay, uh, anyway, let me let me give you three. All right. Uh, is it is it Steve Morse? Right. Right. Is it Mark Blower or is it Ken Follett? Who is the chairman of? It's not Ken Follett. Ken Follett's got something to do with golf. I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um, is it Steve Morse then you've done is it Steve, Steve Morse Steve Morse or Mark Blower Steve Morse he sounds like the chairman of he Macclesfield does, yeah. it's Mark Blower oh, well. see that's a classic <laughs> example of some chairman that we who, all know who, who'd know uh, you know the, the Daniel Levies <laughs> of this world we all know them don't we and the Ed Woodward great if Mark went on tour with uh, Henry Blofeld <laughs> yeah so there we are yeah uh, Ken Follett has got nothing to do with golf, as far Hasn't as I know. Who I don't know who Ken Follett is. He just made a name up. I'm sure Ken Follett. Ken, if you're listening. What does Ken Wasn't Follett do? Was he chairman do? of the PGA? Uh, no, what does Ken do? Uh, you know, he's an author. Of course, he's an author, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he? yeah he's, written all, he's written all sorts of books. Um, historical, spy novels, etc. That's Ken Follett. That's what, I, what made me think of it. Yeah. yeah. Not, I, can't, I can't say I've read any of them. But, oh. uh, but there we are. Some chairman, you just don't know who they are. Good to see Leonard Fenton is back in EastEnders. Who's he the chairman of? <laughs> I remember Dr. Legg before. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Cricket. Uh, cloves of Garlic <laughs> as a fashion programme. But that's not cloves, is it? No, not really. Somebody no. who hasn't put their name to that, <laughs> thereby distancing themselves from a fairly iffy um, yeah. suggestion. Uh, raise the bar. Mike Parry was in earlier on. He, he thinks mm. we should make goals. Uh, did he say six inches? I mean, he's working in the old money, isn't he? Well, six inches yeah. wider. And six inches higher. Yeah. You don't want to go too much. It would be yeah. ridiculous. You know, they haven't grown that much keepers. But 16 square metres more mm. room. Uh, in the uh, ultimate act of pedantry, mm. Wayne Dwyer says, oh, can't just be the post. Well, the nets have to get bigger as well. Yes, Wayne, they will. <laughs> of you know full well they, they, they will. didn't, they'd be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be just... Get- Hanging on the inside of the goal. New nets. Um, yeah. And Obviously, it would just... involve some form of outlay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course it would, yeah. Um, so instead of pumping in the grassroots, mm. there'd be no money, no teams will have kits, there'd be no playing fields. 
Um, no. Mr. Parry looked about the, the, t- trying it on Romney Marshes. I mean, you could try on Hackney Marshes. Hackney Marshes. I don't I know why he was talking about I mean, Romney he Marshes. Probably play, he, can pro- he was probably thinking about Rodney Marsh. He <laughs> can probably play a bit of football on Romney Marsh, I would imagine. Uh, why don't we just... Uh, why don't we just take away goal posts and use jumpers in... Oh, take away goal posts. And not yeah, away, not take away goal Take away posts. goal posts and use jumpers instead. That way we could move them mid-game hmm. depending on the keeper's size. Well... I mean, there'd be no crossbar. You've not no. put your name to that either, have no, you? He's no, not, he's not thought it through. No. And uh, Priston Village Cricket Club in Somerset, uh, someone did an overhead shot. Hmm. I don't see the problem hmm. with this. A cricket square shows as a patch of pristine grass in a sea of baked brown grass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and I can't see it. said they've ignored hmm. warnings of a drought to keep the pitch well watered. Well, they've ignored the warnings. Don't they get special they've, dispensation? They've heeded the warnings that it was going to be quite a lot of drought. And if you want to keep your cricket pitch, you're going to have to water it. Yeah, but yeah, some people, you know, I think there's, sports hose, pitches, there's hose pipe bands in certain places. There are, but I think sports pitches are, are allowed, aren't they? Don't, it depends where they are. I mean, up to a bit. Not when people are dying of thirst, they're not. <laughs> no, Fantastic, yeah. Well, four of our players basically died of dehydration, but the square's looking fantastic. It really is. Well, it's great. The players haven't had a drink. Three of them have passed out. Yeah, I think it works. Uh, What about this one? Um, Mark from Yarm says, what about uh, Mike touring the uh, counties of North East Island in garlic mayo? (laughs) That's good, good, isn't it? We like that, Mark. That's that's excellent. Yeah, you feel the Arsenal fan. He goes around the world uh, tasting various condiments in garlic sauce. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah so fine, I'm not so sure about that. I don't like that one, Phil. Um, congratulations to Runners World, the magazine Runners yep. World. Their 25th mm. anniversary issues out uh, today, mm. and uh, good cover of Samo Farah dressed as a 1980s fun runner. Great picture, actually. But well done to them because I mean, in the world of magazines. It's a very hard world now. Yeah. I mean, even Sports Illustrated used to be weekly. It's gone to bi-monthly sort of thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's very hard for print magazines to survive. And here I'm going to rush out are, and get a copy, but I'll probably walk. <laughs> well, it's quite an interesting idea that, you know, that a, a magazine devoted to what is it, essentially... Putting one foot in front, front of the, of the other. other. Mm, you yeah. know, all right, there's, a, there's equipment, I suppose. Yeah. And, you know, and, and routes and training programs. I suppose mm. that's what it's all about. You're right? the editor. No, not really. You seem to know a lot about it. <laughs> I don't. I like that. I've never read it, but I, I think, no, I congratulations haven't. to a magazine I've never even bothered to pick up, and I have zero interest in. No, because I admire them. You're I like mean, Sylvia Monk, you are, aren't you? I am. Or Marie Gosney, yeah. Andy Jacobs. I, I got approval. a I got a text published in the Daily Star today, yeah. but I don't want to reveal his name. No. Last time I did this, they uh, they sussed me. Well, out. I've told you that I, I did say to you. Today, I've already sent them another one for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. But anyway. Uh, garlic or Dalek? What a show that would be, says Andy. <laughs> That's um, a good idea. Uh, Andy says, uh, Mike takes on the infamous TV characters in a series of challenges such as stair climbing, interstellar travel, mm. and their ability to withstand the sonic screwdriver. Mm. I mean, he's, he's obviously still got a run Burnley. <laughs> yeah. This is the Premier League club. Yeah. So, I mean, just in the off-season, yeah. or, you know, I'm sure he, you know, he doesn't do a lot of PR and a lot of a lot of press. I'd quite like to hear a cross. Press. And I couldn't do it, but I'd like to hear a cross between a Dalek and Sean Dyche. Would you really? Yeah, a voice that sounded like I that. I think if you actually compared them, they'd sound nothing like each other. I might like try that other. after Match of the Day this year. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You've come up with some lovely TV formats for him, should Mike uh, want to move into that direction. Men of Garlic. That's a good one from That's James. Good, yeah. <laughs> and we've got the theme tune sorted, haven't we? We have, yeah. BBC Wales may be interested in that. S4C. Mike has only a few weeks to train the Burnley players for a Welsh male voice choir competition. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, good. The, 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 Sean Dyche, that would be fantastic. It'd be great for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
Why, why are you speaking like that? That's another voice you do, but we can't tell the listeners who it is. Um, garlic pawns, brackets. Did you like my Sean Dalek? Uh, Sean, it's Sean Dalek, which is, well, it, it, okay. Do you want to give it to the boys and girls now, do you? Well, lads, we were unlucky. Sorry. Sound like a camp Dalek. <laughs> do you reckon? Yeah. Um, garlic pawns, brackets, instead of prawns. Uh, checking out the nation's pawn shops and their deals, says Walshie in Birmingham. I'm not sure I'm not sure he'll go for that. I'm not sure it quite works, Walshie, but, but thank you. Um, so, yeah, are you going to perfect that or is that it? Well, exterminate. <laughs> well, when's Sean Dice ever going to say that? <laughs> if he's annoyed with Maybe the in a press conference. Yeah, yeah he's had enough. <laughs> A garlic dip. Um, Mike Tors. We the... annihilated oh, them. Oh, you're frightening me now. I need, I need to know when the voice is gone completely now. Need to know when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yes. Uh, uh, mm. Yeah. You could be the new voice of Blind Date. Now it's on Channel Five with Paul O'Gray. You could be doing that. Would it be? Can that be yeah, it's not a great voice, is it? It's not great for voiceover. Oh, I definitely work. won't be watching that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's already been on. Is it? I definitely won't be watching that. Gosh. Uh, hang on. This is a good one. Mm. Garlic dip. Mike tours all the public swimming baths in the northwest. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'd watch that. Yeah. You've not put your name on that for once. You should have done. Have a bit more faith in yourself. That was good. To, 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 yes, garlic and herb. Yeah. Um, again, known as same person. Uh, garlic and Johnny Herbert review all the F1 tracks <laughs> whilst travelling the world. Yeah, or Herb Alpert. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Joining us now uh, in the studio mm-hmm. is uh, comedian and Arsenal season ticket holder, Jacob Hawley. Hi, Jacob. Thanks for having me, mate. It's How a, are you? It's a pleasure. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that your suitcase outside? They, mate, do you know what? That's actually my Edinburgh suitcase. I thought it <laughs> might be. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going up to a cheese massive. <laughs> it's a huge, really. I mean, we thought maybe you brought a lot of props with you. Well, uh, yeah, you're, you're a vent act or something. I'm that keen. I've got my suitcase packed already. I'm dragging it around. I can't <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> and uh, and you, I see you because you're wearing shorts there. Yeah. You've got a, a little tattoo there. 1664. Is that some memorable Cronenberg inspired weekend? Or uh, Do you know, me and my mates are a bit stupid and we, we, we tattoo each other with like razor blades and pins and stuff. So, <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> okay, mate, I've got a few. Look, got. That was my mate's initials on there, MH. Right, you've yeah, it's yeah. I can only his his look a lot worse than mine. I tell you that. You've got to be careful, Jake. I'm sure. I'm sure you're aware of that. Got a few on the hands. So, tell us your story then. You've how long you've been a stand-up? I bit well. I started coming about four years ago when I finished university, and it's it was it's quite sad really because I always wanted to do stand-up, and I think you speak to a lot of comedians and it was like a last resort. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of people who wanted to be actors and they sort of fall out of that, become a stand-up. I always wanted to do it. Um, so I started doing it about four years ago. Um, this will be my first sort of hour up at the Edinburgh Fringe. Right. Um, yes, yeah, so it's quite exciting. Quite, quite nervous. It says 55 minutes here. Well, well yeah. Okay. To, to be honest with you, mate, if I get to 50, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, that, allows, that allows five minutes of applause. Yeah, well, I mean, to, to be honest with you, right, especially with this heat wave now, do you really want 60 minutes? No, I mean, no, I'd feel. I'd... And the next act will be happy because you'll be able to you'll get out early. Yeah, able to get in absolutely, early. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I maybe mean... if they if if anybody heckles too much, you can go and tattoo them with a pin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe at least one member of the audience yeah. in that five minutes, you can go and put what your mate's initials yeah, on their yeah, leg yeah, or my, something. My initials, or whoever's yeah. initials, but yeah. just not theirs. <laughs> Don't put theirs. So was it? Was you? You'd always wanted to do it. So yeah, absolutely. Did it? The first gig? Did it go well? Did you think? Yeah, or, or... first gig went all right. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, I. 
I, I mean, it, it was a long time. You know, it would have been like 2014, and it, yeah, I was I was quite young. I was only like 21. Yeah. Um, I did my first one. I basically wanted to be Russell Brand, and so I, I basically dressed like him. Oh wow! Well. Okay. I had like this sort of like skin tight black jeans, like this sort of like skinny little suit blazer and everything like that. Mm. I, I think I tried to do material that was a bit like his. And it didn't really work, to be honest. With you. Okay. <laughs> it, it didn't well, go very honest to me. It, 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 yeah. didn't, it didn't go badly enough that it put me off. So did you get any? I mean, obviously, a lot of comics over the years have basically been sort of carbon copies of others. I mean, did did Russell see you in action? Did the word no, get back no, to him? No, I'm quite glad he didn't because it, it, like. About eighteen months after that, I had a bit of material where I used to take the mick out of him quite a lot. Oh right! So I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite glad that he, ne- he, he never did see me. Okay. He does occasionally listen to this. He does. He, oh, does he, he, really? listen, he listens to the station oh, now Jesus and again. Christ. So he may, he's probably let you off by now. He probably. Will. So, but you've you honed it. You've you found your own voice. I, I think so. I'm trying. I'm doing my best anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll find we'll find out when the reviews come in, won't we? The show's called Howl. Howl. H O W L. Whereas yeah. I read it as. How apostrophe? I thought it was going to be something to do with the old. I thought it was the old kids show with Howl. Fred Dynish. This was before. This was before <laughs> Jacob's Howl. time. Like, yeah, like howling in the wind. Sort of yeah, that, that's it. Or yeah, preferably yeah. howling with laughter. That, I would imagine. Oh yeah, that's, that's what true. I'd like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that through. So what? What's the nature of it? Is it what sort of stuff do you? What it's, it's, areas it's, you it's, it's basically like it's, it's sort of anecdotes and stories from my life, from like moving to London, from just outside London. Yeah. It's, it's it's just it's just a few stories really right. about growing up and what it's it's somewhat political like a, li- okay. a little bit not I think the problem with political comedy nowadays is it, it, a lot of political comedians all sound the same do you know mm. what I mean it, it's usually Oxbridge educated privately educated people talking about the same kind of stuff so I think when you when you try and do political comedy that's based on stories and personal experience it's a yeah. little bit more interesting than just moaning about Theresa May for forty five minutes. Mm. Um, so you say you moved to London minutes. from or the even out- 55 minutes if, you, if, if you've <laughs> yeah, got that yeah. much material. <laughs> I'd yeah. love to, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you oh, say yeah. you moved out from out of London to inner London. So it, well, yeah, I, I grew up uh, around Stevenage, just outside. London. Okay, right. And so then they moved to the, well, basically Stevenage to central London is about half hour on a train. Maybe you get, you get the fast train; it's 20 minutes. Well, there we are. Then. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Burnley chairman visits hotels around the world to assess their reception facilities in garlic. Check-in. Garlic check-in. <laughs> Garlic check-in. Well done, Phil. Yeah, that one. We're going to send that one to ITV. They quite like that one. That's good. Many years ago, uh, Eddie Stokes playing a bit of cricket mm. for his uh, local club, Shotley Bridge Cricket Club, and uh, he lost his wedding ring and never found it until 52 years later, um, it was found on the, on the same pitch. It's incredible, really. We, should, we never got the odds from Paddy Power. We should have done, really. Yeah. Eddie joins us now. Good afternoon, Eddie. Good afternoon, yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's incredible, isn't it, that, that this could happen after all these years? It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. My wife is thrilled to bits. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, are uh, you, you taking it off uh, to bat, or, or did you lose it when you are in the field? What happened? I really couldn't tell you. It was the first <laughs> game of the season, and uh, as per normal, I took the ring off to play because safety reasons sure. mm. and I never thought any more about it to be quite honest with you until I got home that evening mm. and realised I didn't have the ring on um, so I went straight mm. back down scoured the place looking around the dressing rooms everything around everywhere I could remember and nowhere to be seen and scoured the place for two or three weeks after that eventually uh, I just gave it up as lost mm. and that was it what an amazing story that the the lady who found it slipped while walking her dog on the bank of the par, of the passing river during a lull in play, and dislodged yeah, her tumble dislodged the ring. So I mean that's a, an incredibly unlikely situation. It's 
incredible, isn't it? Amazing. <laughs> and then the, the, just a bit. Yeah, and then the, the coincidences continue. Uh, was it um, she, the first person she happened upon? Was it was it your brother Eddie that she right. saw and said, "I found I've no, I found this ring." <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, my brother was uh, walking around the fields watching the game, and as he does, talks to just about everybody, and he started talking to these this couple. And uh, they said, an incredible thing happened. We found a wedding ring. Mm. And uh, Billy said, oh, right. what have you done? I said, oh, we've cleaned it up and it's inscribed. So we took it to the pavilion and put it behind the bar, which is great on them. You know, this is, this, that's brilliant behaviour. Yeah. Anyway, this Billy asked us well, what was it inscribed with. And she said, Eddie, Edward and Jean, October 16th, 1965. And Billy just really says, that's my brother. I was groomsman <laughs> at that wedding. It's you know, incredible. Wow. The chances of that happening. I mean, Billy's 80, over 80, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, for a marriage to that last, that long. Yeah, well, that's, that's also that true. Is, that is impressive, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so impressive. how long had you been married when, when you lost the ring, Eddie? Oh, 53 years. Oh, okay. So but when you'd actually lost it at the point, it's at the oh, point you... I lost it. Yeah, when I lost it. I'd been married six months. Oh wow! Oh, okay, no, I and I didn't go down well. I understand your wife doing. She you wanted to replace it, but you always felt it didn't feel right. It wasn't special because you'd lost the original one. It wasn't. As I specifically had them um, inscribed with our names and the date, mm. and uh, you know, it was for that wedding day. It, it couldn't be replaced for me. Anything that. It, any anything in ring board would not have the same significance for me. Sure, I'm afraid that's that's just the way I am. Yeah. I'm a strange fellow like that, but yeah, I just feel enough. like that. And as it's as it's transpired, it's just as well I did, you know, because this thing's turned up, and it means more now, perhaps, than it would have done had it been on my finger all the time. Sure, yeah. Now, I gather you've tracked yeah. the people down who. Uh, who found the ring, and you got oh, you got them a bottle of champagne. That was very sweet of you. I did, yeah. I, I really, I mean, these days, you know, it would have been so easy just to look at it, oh, I get it and put it in the pocket, and that's yeah. it. But I, mean, and I think there's a camaraderie in cricket that states, you know, it's a civilised game, and they think about the right things, and those people behaved, I think, impeccably and did exactly the right thing. Uh, when I did actually tracked this guy down. Um, it was at a cricket match. I knew his son was playing, so I thought, oh, chances are he's going to be there. And uh, I was told that it was a fellow with a little dog. Mm. And uh, when I went up to the cricket club, sure enough, there was a fellow walking around with a little dog. When he came to me, I introduced myself and told me, oh, he says, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm the guy you want. I'm, I'm the guy that found this my wife did. And he told me the story. I said, oh, that's brilliant. That's listen. He didn't want a thing. He was just thrilled that the yeah. ring had got back to its original owner. Sure. Um, I mean, I mean but, um, they would have thought, obviously, that some one of the players had lost it a couple of months back. I bet they were shocked when they found out it had been there for 52 years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, the thing is, it, it's in a marketable mm. condition. Mm, yeah, yeah. As soon good. as she cleaned it up, it, it was exactly as it was the dad had lost it more or less. Does it fit you still, Eddie? No, it fits oh. on my little finger. Oh, like a pinky <laughs> ring now. <laughs> well, if you think all those years, I have put on maybe a couple of pounds. Oh, OK, you know? well, I think we'll forgive <laughs> you. Do you still, you still love your cricket? Do you still watch? I think you said you still love your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, we take that as red. We take yeah, that as red. But you still... as red. Yeah, do you, yes, do you still, still love the cricket. I still go down every mm. Friday night. Oh, uh, brilliant. Nowadays, the game is dominoes. Oh, okay. And we sit there, and there's sort of three or four generations of cricketers now. The lads that are playing, the intermediate ones that are just sort of running things, 
And this old guys that are sitting back thinking we were better than them. They don't know what they're talking about. But <laughs> nah, that's not right. So it's uh, it's a continuum. Brilliant. It's, great brilliant. it's a great story. And uh, look, before yeah. we let you go, we we us ask this question. Your your surname is Stoko, and you are a County Durham man. So yeah, just you struck as you share your name, of course, with the legendary Sunderland manager Bob. I wonder if you're any relation. Not related at all. Ah. There you go. The nearest I can get to was playing cricket against the Sunderland football team when he was manager. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's that's, that's not bad. We'll, we'll <laughs> take that. That's not a bad link. Um, Eddie, Eddie, all the best. Um, Thanks, good Eddie. to talk to you. Good, Thank you. Good luck. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. And yeah. uh, Mike Parry, what a count. We'll keep you in touch with that. Yeah. Um, Mr. Parry gets It'll on with go now. I, I wonder if he's even going to get letters saying go away. Is he an influencer? This is, we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> he looks he like one of life's influencers. It's got merit, though, but yeah. it's never going to happen. No, OK, fair enough. Um, we will catch up with you tomorrow. We'll have uh, Clips of the Week, of course, which is available as a separate podcast, and a whole lot more besides. Until then, have a fine evening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.